Welcome to localjobnetwork.com radio. Your attention is directed to Minding Your P's and Q's, a show that studies the sensitive and sometimes treacherous subject of business etiquette. I'm your host, Tim Muma. And with all the amount of great information that was given to us by our guests last time, we decided to split up our conversation into two parts. So this is the second half of our discussion on the topic of job fair strategy. Our expert in studio is Amy Hansman, Employment and Training Lead for the Wisconsin Department of Workforce Development. To see what led up to this part of the dialogue, go to localjobnetwork.com and click on the radio tab near the top of your screen. There you can listen to part one. For now, we continue our chat right here. Going back to the booth's design, um, the mm-hmm. way it's obviously set up is in part like an extremely short interview. Um, if you're lucky, you get a little extra time, that kind of thing. So if we're looking at like that 30-second window, so to speak, and in some cases maybe there's a little more, other than those time constraints that are there, are these interviews different than what you would get in a traditional interview? And, and how so? I mean, obviously, that there's a certain amount of time limits what mm-hmm. can happen. But mm-hmm. what do you see as maybe the differences or even the similarities in that brief period of time? Well, I think in an interview situation, let's say a traditional standard job interview, quite honestly, an employer has formed an opinion in those first 30 seconds. Okay. Um, so at a job fair where you have just a few precious seconds to make a connection, they're going to make that snap decision. I've read and heard and heard my share of prepared remarks, right. shall we say. Um, <laughs> I can spot that a mile away when someone is about to launch into their prepared speech. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the issue I have with that is that once that speech is completed, they got nothing. Sure. They have spent so much time working on their 30-second elevator speech that then if I ask a follow-up question, they have no idea where to go from there. So... I got to circle back to being prepared, doing your research and knowing yourself and having examples of your work. And I don't mean by, you know, like producing, you know, blueprints or anything like that. But you've probably heard this in many interview, uh, if you've done like uh, the, the car stories or the star stories, the challenge, the action, the result of the situation or task, the action or result, everybody's got a different acronym for it. But, <laughs> you know, really, I... I only have so much time to impress you right. as a job seeker. And so really stating this is what I'm looking for, even this is the job that I'm interested in, and this I have this skill in X, Y, and Z, which is what you're looking for. And I'd love to talk to you more about it. You know, in a, you know I'd love to talk to you more about it either today or at a later date. Sure. Mm-hmm. So with, I mean, you, you mentioned the idea of an elevator speech or, or like I had mentioned, um, people have these like commercials kind of thing, mm-hmm. like, you know, yeah, it, it sounds great. Like you said, it's prepared. So they nail every part of it. And, but you say then it's after that, that ends up being most important. So they still should have something semi-prepared, correct? I think, yes, certainly you want to have something prepared. If I ask you, you know, one of the you know, if you come up and you hand me your resume, first thing I'm going to say is, what are you interested in? Sure. The worst answer you can possibly give is, I'll take anything. <laughs> Have you heard that one? Every time I hear it day in and day out, <laughs> I'll take anything. Oh. And that doesn't help me because right. one, my company's just anything, you know? <laughs> I mean, you're, you, you know, desperation is not attractive. Right. Yeah, the I'll take anything is is not something you want to lead with. So what are you interested in doing? It's like, well, you know, I'm a customer service professional. I'm an accountant. I'm a CNC machinist. I'm a welder. And, you know, maybe hitting some high points of 
you know, technically, what are you capable of doing? What software programs do you know? What certifications do you have? Mm-hmm. What, you know, those types of things are are what I want to know, and, and it, especially if they relate to my business. Sure. So then, I mean, okay, so you mentioned that as being a question possibly is just what are you interested in? Are there any other kind of, I don't want to call them stock questions, but obviously you, you kind of have a game plan because of the short amount of time anyway. Maybe that people should be prepared for that they may get a question or two. If there is kind of those stock questions, what would be a, a general way that they should be going about those? Yeah, well, you can probably expect, you know, sort of the, the general, you know, tell me about yourself. What type of job are you looking for? What do you know about our company? You want to have something, you know, ready to go with that. Um, you know, the tell me about yourself is the most dreaded interview question ever. <laughs> um, you know, and, and really that just comes down to who am I? What field am I in? What do I offer? You know, and you, and, and you can end that with, uh, you know, the call to action. May I leave my resume with you? That's just a nice way to throw the ball back in their court. Right. And certainly, if you've got specific skills that are relevant to the industry you're going for, make sure you mention those. Make sure you do. And you've given us, obviously, a lot of little tips and and tricks here. And the one thing I always said, the reason I always felt difficult in that situation or in even a regular job interview, traditional job interview, is the idea of talking about yourself Mm -hmm. in a way that, you know, and I've talked to people, the Midwest idea is you don't want to brag too much. You don't want to, it feels awkward, uncomfortable. Any little advice to trying to just get over it? I yeah, mean, it's easy to say, tell somebody, get, over, get it. over it. You need to do this. Everyone else is going to do it. You know, I don't want to put you on the spot too mm-hmm. much, but. No one else is going to do it for you. Sure. Uh, nobody else is. And so, yeah, uh, get over it. Uh, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard to do. It is hard for our good Midwestern work ethic to either, you know, to talk about ourselves. We don't want to brag. But keep in mind, there are hundreds of maybe thousands of people in this same room who are vying for that same position. And if you don't express what is special about you, mm-hmm. it's not readily, it might not be readily apparent from your resume. Sure. So put those accomplishments on there. Be able to speak about them. Um, you know, if you supervised people, how many? If you worked with a budget, what was it? Um, you know, how many widgets did you turn out in an hour? Did you meet the goals? Or, you know, those those kinds of things. Nobody else is going to do that for you. Right. So you are in control of what you say about yourself for the most part. Um, you know, <laughs> and really this is one thing, you know, there's a lot about the job search that you can't control. Right. There's a lot. But this is one thing that you can. You can you can control how you present yourself. You can on paper and in person. Um, so really it's not a time for you to be timid uh, because someone else is going to jump in front of you and be dazzling. And that's not what you want. Well, it's good advice because I, you know, that does come up a lot, especially I do think in this area. And I agree with the whole, just, you got to get over it. I, mm-hmm. There's not much you can say. If you really want that job, you, you do what it takes. Kind of on the flip side, mm-hmm. are there questions that, again, I know there's not a lot of time in these short interview processes. Um, is there a question that can really impress, so to speak, the employer or the recruiter that uh, maybe you can give to them? As you said, maybe put the ball back in their court, show what you know, um, show what you're interested kind of in a a back doorway. Yeah, yeah. Um, You should have some questions, you know, whether it's uh, two seconds at a job fair or you've got, you know, an hour in a job interview. Really, um, you can always ask, what's your timeline for getting these positions filled? Ask if you can follow up. 
Can sure. I follow up with you in the next few weeks right. um, to see where you're at? And then ask them, do you prefer if I call you or email you? Some recruiters or HR managers have very specific preferences. Okay. And they'll appreciate if you ask. Ask if they anticipate more openings in the future. Uh, maybe there's been some recent positive news about them, an expansion or an award or something like that. Mention that uh, so that they say, oh, you know, this person took the time to do a little research on the company. That will help you stand out sure. is if you are knowledgeable, if there's industry news um, that, you know, might be affecting uh, th their company, showing that you're knowledgeable about the industry is really a good way to stand out. And then when you step away from that um, sort of just that interview process, there are some things that I, I wanted to ask you about that to me are in a way intangibles because it's not directly related with um, the strategy of what you're doing at the job fair. But uh, some of the notes I jotted down and you can just touch on each of them as I mentioned, something that I've seen is listening in on others' conversations or interviews, um, just kind of off to the side. Maybe you jot down a note so you can pick up on a question that might be asked, um, gain some knowledge about the company possibly. Is this poor etiquette? Is it all right as long as you're doing it in a, a fashion where you're not literally like standing next to the person? What's kind of the idea there etiquette wise, I guess almost? Yeah, there's there's very limited personal space at a job <laughs> fair. Um, so as long as you're respectful and kind of stealth about it, um, I mean, it's going to happen. You know, it's going right. to happen. There's a crowd of 10 people wanting to talk to this recruiter. It also would be appreciated because the Recruiter has been asked the same question over and over again, and if you already know the answer to that because you happen to hear it, I mean, it's going to happen. Right. You know, as right. long as you're, uh, you know, like I said, respectful of, of space and doesn't look like you're eavesdropping, uh, you know, certainly, you know, and you can even pick up on it, you know, when you were talking with the person who was standing in front of you, I, you know, you mentioned uh, this particular you know, tidbit of information about the industry, or you were looking for people who've got this specific certification. Well, I just received that certification. So sure. it's inevitable, but just try to be a little uh, stealth about it. Right, right. Mm -hmm. not, not in your face, but just yeah. if you pick up on it, you might as well use the, the knowledge you have. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of grabbing literature that's lying around, obviously when you're up there, you can, but I mean, mm -hmm. is it, I mean, that's kind of what it's there for. That's you, what use it's that. there for. Okay. Conversations with other job seekers. You mentioned that a little bit earlier. Is that a big part that maybe goes unnoticed or unutilized with a lot of job seekers? You know, I think it is. I think it is. Um, really, you know, not only you're there for employers, but it is an opportunity to talk with other job seekers about what works, what doesn't, um, what do they know about this company, what do they know about that company, you know, what their experience has been. You're all there because you're looking for work. So it's no secret. You don't have to pretend that you're not unemployed because everyone knows why you're there. I mean, there is, you know, a lot of people are facing unemployment who never in a million years dreamed that they would be facing unemployment. Right. So this is uncharted territory for them. And there's a certain level of embarrassment and shame that they need to work through. And you are there for the same reason everyone else is. So why not try and learn from each other and support one another? Um, maybe you met with a company who mentioned they needed this type of position. It's not you, but 
hey, that guy that I just met, uh, he said he might be interested. So certainly, certainly you want to network with your other job seekers. Another one I had down and, you know, I was kind of, I don't want to say iffy about it. Um, and it's just probably my own personal preference, but I read ideas of common courtesy, such as offering the employer a drink or a beverage or a snack of some sort, asking, hey, do you need a break before you talk? That kind of thing. Um, on the surface, it may seem nice. When I hear something like that, I feel like it's creepy. Yeah, you're trying too hard. You're trying to kiss up or something. Any further detail uh, from you besides it's creepy? <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. That's, that's great insight, but we're looking probably for a little more as to why a you should avoid more. that. You know, um, I stand by it's creepy. Um, oh, okay, well, I'm going to put that down. It's that's creepy. It's, it's, it is. It crosses that sort of professional barrier where I can see where the idea is. I want you to be comfortable. I, you know, I, if you are, you know, if you haven't had a break for a while, I, I see that, but it, for me personally, it, it goes over the line of professional. Um, so I guess I would avoid doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, certainly I guess I would be more inclined to say to ask someone if they needed to take a break before we talked than I would be to offer to get them something to eat or drink, you know. But right. if you see that you're the 15th person in a row that they've talked to, acknowledge that, <laughs> you know, acknowledge that, wow, this must be a really, you know, this must be a really long day for you. Sure. Certainly if you want to, you know, did you want to take a break before we uh, talk? And most likely they'll say, no, thanks. But that I would offer before I would offer getting them anything to eat or drink. And earlier you mentioned the idea of following up and how you think it's it would be great from the employer's point of view if somebody actually asked, you know, like, how would you prefer this? And, you know, in terms of time-wise, like how long after uh, maybe you follow up, that might depend on how, how mm -hmm. long they're going to take, you know, for a decision, so to speak, on a job. But I guess what are some of the guidelines as far as when do you follow up, um, you know, not necessarily by phone or email because you, you should find that out from the employer, but mm -hmm. what then goes into that conversation, that voicemail, that email um, that is necessary and, and not just fluff like, yeah, hey, I'm, I'm following up. What am I supposed to do? How can you make that something that's extremely useful? I would suggest if you meet someone at a, you know, you meet with a recruiter, HR person at a, at a job fair, and let's say they've said, you know, oh, you know, shoot me an email or whatever. I would do that like you would a thank you note after an interview immediately after the job fair. Okay. And what you're going to do is uh, you're going to be specific again coming back to being specific, because they met 150,000 people that day. So, you know, hi, we met at this job fair. I'm interested in tell me who you are and what position you're in in the first sentence right. so that I can then frame my where, where my head is at. So, um, you know, remind them where you met, what position you're interested in, and then just maybe three maybe really short bullet points reminding them of, you know, the, the top three things about you that they need to know in relationship to this uh, position. Because um, you, and I would say then you shoot that email or that voicemail and then you leave it because they came back, you know, they, they took an entire day out of their real job right. to attend this job fair. Their job didn't stop. So <laughs> when they come back, they have 50,000 messages and emails that they need to follow up on, and then they've got a stack of hundreds of resumes to go through. So once you've done that follow-up, thanks, great, meet great meeting you, leave it for at least a couple of weeks. Sure. And if, let's say, four weeks go by and you see the position is still advertised, 
go ahead and follow up, you know, voicemail, email, however they prefer. Okay. So one thing I do want to suggest to job seekers, if my only interaction with you is I've met you at a job fair, please don't ask me to connect on LinkedIn. <laughs> um, that's, again, awkward. Sure. Um, and now I'm put in a position of having to ignore that invite and I feel weird because <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't know how some, there are some, you know, LinkedIn members that get as many connections as possible. Right. I prefer to only connect with people that I have met, and, worked right. with, and an actual so. working relationship of some sort. Yeah. 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 That, I mean, that, and that makes sense and to each of their own. But um, I think I would guess most employers especially would, would probably feel in that realm because, as you said, they have enough people in their ear, whether it be clients or customers or, or workers as well. Mm-hmm. We're running a little short on time, and, and it's funny to say that because obviously we've gotten in a lot of information here. They come to you and say, Amy, we want you to write the book on job oh, fair wow. strategy. We want you to really, uh, really nail this one for us. That first chapter, what is the most essential tips guidelines that that you would give out. I mean if some even if somebody just came on the street and said I need to know right now what what's number 1 or what is number 1 and 2 that I need to do if I'm going to nail this mm-hmm. event and and really get a job out of this which is eventually the ultimate goal. Okay. I have several several thoughts spring to mind. Okay. First, I would say be specific. Be specific in what you're looking for. Know yourself and know what you can do. Control what you can control. But really, if I could give somebody, I call this my drive-by job search advice, is be specific in what you want to do. And that's the end of chapter one. (laughs) And take the Bluetooth out of your ear. Okay. (laughs) On a side note, make sure that all your focus is on uh, at the task at hand there. Correct. I guess that's a good point to bring up. I mean, have you seen that as being a problem, not just the Bluetooth, but obviously texting, people on their phones, mm-hmm. iPads, all that kind of stuff. I mean, it, do you then see them hop in line and just be like, meh? I mean, how does that work, I guess? Is yeah, yeah. Really want to be focused on on the task at hand, like you said. Uh, take the Bluetooth out of your ear. Your attention is obviously divided, and you don't really care that much if you get a job. Sure. Um, while you're talking to the recruiter, don't be pawing through the candy bowl looking for your favorites. <laughs> um, I mean, we could do an entire segment on the hilarious things I have seen people do at job fairs, but that's another segment. Well, so, and we, you know, what we may look into that. We ha- we have a show called Scramble Days, which is exactly for that kind of more entertaining look awesome. at things. So, yes. I may have to uh, give you a call for that one. Okay. Unfortunately, that does signal the end of our program today on Mining Your P's and Q's. We hope all of you listeners have picked up uh, some valuable tips for the next time you jump into the job fair fray. We were guided today by Amy Hansman from the Wisconsin Department of Workforce Development. Thanks again, Amy. Thank you. And thanks to all of you listening as well. Please check in here again on Mining Your P's and Q's, part of localjobnetwork.com radio. If you do have any comments or suggestions for the show, please email us at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. And until we speak again, I'm your host, Tim Muma.